0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Today on Barca Talk. FC Barcelona have won La Liga with a goal from Leo Messi against Levante after a midweek win over Alaves. FCB Femini have advanced to the UEFA Women's Champions League final in Budapest with a crucial victory over Bayern Munich in front of a record crowd in the Estadi. And there are rumors of Malcolm and Jasper Sillison leaving Barcelona in the summer. And Barca B suffered an unfair defeat to Valencia Mestalla in Segunda B. First, some news. There are two possible player exits in the summer that seem pretty likely. ESPN has reported that Malcolm is looking to leave Barcelona, and the club is willing to transfer him if they can recover what they paid for him in the first place. Malcolm was set to move to Roma when Barcelona snatched him up for €40 million at the last minute. He struggled to see minutes under Ernesto Valverde, and it isn't any wonder why Valverde having referred to Malcolm as a signing made by the club implying that he had not sought out Malcolm himself and didn't see him in his plans for the team. Malcolm has made a total of 19 appearances and scored four goals. FC Barcelona should have no trouble, though, in getting a transfer fee equal to what they initially paid, as Malcolm's market value increased the moment he signed with Barcelona. The ESPN report cites interest from a number of large European clubs, including Roma, Inter and AC Milan, as well as Premier League clubs Tottenham, Arsenal and Everton. Meanwhile, goalkeeper Jasper Sillison has made it clear that he wants to play more, and he knows he'll have to go somewhere else to do it. Despite being the first choice keeper for the Copa del Rey, Sillison has not played a single minute in any other competitions. When asked about his future after winning La Liga by Zigo Sport, he said, First, I'm going on holiday, and then I hope that I'll have a new club to play for, because I want to play. The Argentine Football Association have just opened their online shop for sales in China, and in three days, the sales outpaced the monthly sales of Real Madrid and Manchester City. The majority of the sales, of course, were for Leo Messi merchandise. The man who knows how to be in the right place at the right time, as it turns out, is Arturo Vidal. With Barcelona's win on Saturday, sealing La Liga, Vidal has now won eight consecutive league titles first with Juventus from 2012 to 2015, then with Bayern Munich from 2016 to 2018, and now with Barcelona. And the Barcelona women's team have just earned a spot in the UEFA Women's Champions League final in Budapest on May 19th. They defeated Bayern Munich 2-0 on aggregate, 1-0 in the first leg in Munich, and 1-0 on Sunday at the Mini Estadi. This will be the first time Barca Femini have made it to the final. They will face the current holders, Olympic Lyon. More on that in a moment. All right, this is Barca Talk, everybody. I'm Brian Henderson. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and joining me, as always, from Madrid is Gabriel Quiroga.
2: Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing way better than I was two days ago. <laughs> two days ago, Friday, was the zero hour I, uh, I completed my dissertation, and uh, over the weekend I've been making some sort of, like, final, final uh, tweaks and edits, but I... I got the thing done there is a printed version now and uh, now we're on to the next stage of the process but man this last week has especially been really intense uh writing and finishing this this piece of music but one it's done most importantly two I'm really happy with it I think it's going to be a, a very very beautiful piece of music and that's you know that's kind of my goal That's like what I'm after
2: Nice, nice. I'm glad that you're able to finish it because I know you were under the gun and a little stressed out. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you finished it. So Yeah, and we
1: didn't we didn't post as many infographics because, because I was uh working on that. Um yeah. I, I canceled the class that I teach on on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. I teach a class from one to two in the afternoon and on Friday and all week I was just sort of like Monday and Wednesday, I'm rolling into class, sort of like, all right, uh, here here's a Beatles tune. Let's talk about it. um i have nothing planned (laughs) and friday i just canceled it entirely but uh you know it so it was just one of those weeks
2: sure sure
1: yeah but it's it's uh it's done there's light i'm there's light at the end of the tunnel and i am at the end of the tunnel nice nice yeah it's coming
2: you know yeah when you were here we were talking about it i know you were stressed about it so it's good it's one step closer
1: yes one step closer yeah. Now I just need to find an alto singer. So if there are any alto singers in Buffalo, New York who are interested <laughs> in s- singing some music for money, get in touch with me. Now I, I have a couple of lines on it, but uh, I I had someone lined up and she uh she backed out for uh you know, for personal reasons, which is totally fine. Um you know, I don't want to coerce anyone into doing something they're not comfortable with and you know, if they feel like they're too busy and overworked I completely understand that. So, you know, she backed out, but now I have to find a replacement. And I think I'll be fine. There's there's singers around. But anyway, so the, speaking of women, let's talk about the FCB Femini because uh, obviously the the men's team clinched La Liga on Saturday. We're, we're going to talk about that, and we probably should take a moment of celebration to celebrate. I mean, there are many things to celebrate right now. There are. I finished my dissertation. Yes. The men's team— have won La Liga, so they're one, one step, one third of the triplete is done. Yep. With three games left to go, and we could see what kinds of like mad scientist uh, tactics Valverde <laughs> might come up with in these last three games. I always hope that when you clinch La Liga with two, three matches left, that the last three are just kind of like just f- total experimentation. Sure, sure. Give everyone a shot everyone plays. So, uh, yeah. so we've got that. But then also the women, they're on to the Champions League, the women's Champions League final in Budapest. They're going to be playing Lyon. And this is their first final ever. So and and since we don't have a segment from Michelle this week about about the uh, Femini, I think we need to take a couple minutes here at least to to talk about it.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, we talked about their plan of trying to reach the Champions League final that they've implemented about four or five years ago. And so finally, this is one step closer to that dream. Uh, You know, I was watching the second half of the match. It was pretty intense, pretty intense match just because, you know, they had a one nothing lead on the first leg in Bayern. They got the away goal, which was huge. But, um, you know, it was man Bayern was really after it and FC Barcelona was kind of playing not to lose for most of the game but you can just tell how important the moment is i mean the first thing the record crowd that was at the mini stadi was incredible they had about 12,700 people show up which is great
1: yeah i mean that and we don't the women on our club they don't get very big um crowds and yeah. michelle has talked about how part of that is because the club doesn't really push the women's team uh, from a marketing standpoint uh, very hard. So they don't get very big crowds. And, you know, that's that's not too far from capacity. The mini Astadi seats just a little over 15,000. So that that place looked full.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And not only was it full, but everyone was into the match as well. Everyone could feel the importance of the match and everyone was into it. And so, yeah, uh, we've talked – we've highlighted about because if you compare them to Athletic Bilbao or Atletico Madrid, they definitely push their women's team a little bit more. They get a really good support for the games. And, you know, FC Barcelona, they just need to do that. We've talked about how just, you know, sending some people in front of the miniestadi study and just directing them for free matches just can fill it up very quickly because everyone wants to see and support FC Barcelona, especially if you're a fan of the men's team.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think part of it is from the uh – from the club's perspective, I get the sense that they feel like, look, we we have a huge marketing machine behind the men's team. We have one of the best teams in the world. We have the best player in the world. We can be successful as a club and still essentially, you know, finance all all sure. of these other sports, including the women's first team, but also, you know, what the handball, the, yeah. <laughs> the futsal, yeah. just with the. Uh, you know, the revenues that the first team generates. So I feel like they're, you know, the, I, I think that part of the reason that they don't push the women's team is as much as that they don't feel like they have to, whereas a club like Atletico Madrid or Athletic Bilbao, they, their women's team is kind of like another actual, almost like revenue source for them. Sure, sure. But yeah. still, it's, it just feels a little wrong that we have such a high class women's team that's continuing to improve. And now we're in the champions league final first time ever, you know, you need to not just give them some attention, but also like look at them for what they are, which, it which is a, a real, you know, viable part of your business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is, you know, you can just connect the community even more, you know, especially with, young female players that are striving for role models, you know, just letting them, you know, communicating with the club teams around the area to bring them more, be more active. It doesn't take that much. You know, I know the FC Barcelona Twitter and the Facebook, I mean, they, they do enough to publicize it, but I just, as we've talked about, it just takes one person or two people in front of the camp. No, To direct people, and they could easily fill that up every game with about five to seven thousand people easily. You know the tickets are free, so just to be able to do that, especially you know if you go on a weekend to visit the camp, no, and no one's playing. You know the men's team aren't playing, but the women are playing, and they're just across the street. It's such an easy sell. So we've talked about that, and yeah, I mean the tickets are free. And the tickets are free, but they make it very complicated to get the tickets as well. You have to go to a different ticket stadium, of course. You know, of course. They never just make it easy. They can never just have a ticket stand at the mini and study just to make it one streamlined process, you know. Right. But that's for another day. But you know, like you said, <laughs> yeah, like you said, uh, Athletic Bilbao, for example, and Atletico Madrid, they're they're looking at as revenue streams, so that helps their overall funding for everything. Whereas FC Barcelona's men's team, you know, funds basically everything because they're so popular worldwide. So I get that, you know, they have so many sports as well. You know, they, like we talked about handball, basketball, etc. cetera. So they have their own things, but again, you know, they just need to, if they just put, you know, 20% more effort into the women's team, they would get great rewards for those.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I can tell you that sure, you know, social media is one thing, but if you're just walking around Barcelona, I noticed this when we, when we were over there recently is that you could walk around Barcelona and be a very, very aware of the club and the men's team and have
2: no idea that there's a women's team. Sure, sure, yeah. You know, for example, in Plaza Catalina, there's an FCB store, right? And they have two people in front with like a backpack and they have a balloon. So on game days, they still try to sell tickets, you know, to tourists. But a great way they could do that, and they they can even charge five euros and people would still go, and they can still even make a profit in these games. But they just have to put it out there, you know. Especially in the FCV store, you know, when it is game day for the women's, just publicize it inside the store. Hey, you know, like they have those um, electronic boards around the FCV store, so just highlight that and just you know have your interns make money for the team as well. What's what's you know, just have that money go directly to the women's team, and they'll you know, man, it would just be great for the whole community, and not only that, but like. For young children who may not be able to afford to go to a men's team, they can still watch quality soccer at the mini Stadium watching the women's team.
1: Yeah. Now about this game specifically, so this was the second leg of the semifinal tie. Uh, As you mentioned, we got the away goal in the first leg. And
2: so in this leg, there were a couple of notable moments. There was. So when I watched the second half, it was, you know, they got the goal right before halftime on a penalty call for Martins. Um, I mean, she was completely mugged in the box. I mean, she was completely pulled down. And, you know, they were able to get a goal before halftime, which was huge, you know, just because mentally, you know, it helps you to get through. And then also, you know, at the halftime, you can just make those tactical adjustments. Uh, Mariana scored the penalty kick on a nice uh, you know, clinical finish. But I think the biggest thing of the game was the, the sending off of Kira Hamwai I cannot say her name, Brian. I can't, I, I try. Well, we practicing.
1: as we have established on this show, you do have certain
2: pronunciation issues. Yeah. So, so this I, one I
1: can Kira go go
2: Hamraoui. Yeah. Hamraoui. That's where we go. Yeah. So she's a vital part. She basically is almost kind of the Busquets of the team. Like she is the defensive midfield and just kind of reads the play She's tall, she's physical, she's definitely very important, but she got two yellow cards in this match, so she was sent off. And when that happened, uh, Barcelona had to go into a really defensive shell and they basically were just holding on for dear life because Bayern were coming, but Fortunately for us, Byron was not very good on their finishing. (laughs) That's good. I mean, you know, you
1: got to have finishing to win.
2: Correct. Correct. They were taking some some crazy shots, some lucky shots from outside the box that weren't even close. They had a couple free kicks that weren't even close as well. Most of their opportunities came on crosses, but the women were able to defend it well. And again, they had some really great counters at the end of the game where they could have just clinched the game really just put on ice and they just could not finish it because they were so tired. You could just tell they were working so hard every time they got the ball. They were trying to make the pass. It was just like, when you're so tired, you just can't do the simple things. And that was that's what was happening here in this match. But, you know, they were able to get the victory. And again, it's one step closer, but man, they're going to face Lyon now. And they are the powerhouse of women's football.
1: Yeah, they are. And Hamraoui is going to have to miss the final. That is true. And that's that's a
2: huge... That's a huge miss because she is the anchor back there, you know, that links everything. Uh, when I saw her play in person, man, she is, she's impressive uh, just like Martin's as well, but that she will be missed. I mean, you know, silly fouls, you know, it always this, in the men's uh, game last night against Levante, the same thing. It's you just have to know when to make those fouls and what is the cost, right? Sometimes you can just ride a player and they will make the mistake. And on her second one, it was kind of, you know, she was kind of between a rock and a hard place and she kind of had to foul. But man, it's just, it's, it's too bad. She's really, uh, she was emotional after the match. She was crying because she knew she was going to miss it, especially against Leon. Yeah. I mean, I would be emotional. Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: emotional over like nothing. (laughs) Sometimes I cry at
2: like commercials, you know? Well, you cried against the Elenia goal. And we're I going to did talk about that later, oh, so. Yeah, we will talk we'll
1: get into that later for sure. But there was but again, also a special guest at the match.
2: There was. A there special was. attendee, I should say. A special attendee, that is correct. Mr. Mr. manager, Mr. Valverde was at the match and he was taking pictures left and right. I just saw on Twitter that some nuns took pictures with him and so forth. So oh. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he was I think he's finally able to relax a little bit just because he has La Liga under his belt now, but you know he was he was definitely it was good to see him you know this is the type of thing if they if one of the men's players or a group of them went to the match it would oh my god it would just make it so much huge it would just blow up on social media and people would start to pay attention more to the women so this again they're still in they're in Liga Iberdrola race I mean that's still I'd like to go for them to win but they're still in it you know and but this Champions League is definitely something that they implemented a couple of years ago so it's good to see them get that much closer
1: yeah I mean if they I mean getting to the Women's Champions League final and taking second place in Liga Iberdrola that's a that's a good season yeah definitely, particularly definitely. In, with the you know, Michelle, Michelle might talk about this later next week or, or not. I don't know, but th- they've really been on the ascent the last sure. few years, and I think that this this season is another indicator that everything's going well. Everything is going to plan. You know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. But either way, you know, we've they've been showing steady improvement. They've made some really key signings, particularly with Martins and Duggan, but also I mean, and Hamraoui she came in yeah. this year. Yep. So these have been some really key signings for them and the project is, is going well.
2: Yeah. And I also think the other addition too, is the new coach, you know, they just had more consistent uh, results. So that's a huge thing because in the last couple of months, they have just been more consistent in winning and getting those results. And whereas before they, they had the talent, but they were just losing a match here away when they should have, you know, got those points. And last year in champions league, they should, you know, against Leona was very difficult, but you know, I think also the coach making that move was huge as well because he's been able to find a strong 11 and been able to manage the players a bit better than the previous coach.
1: Yeah. So, very exciting for for all sides. Get your Barca Talk merchandise on our Etsy store. We have a bunch of uh, t-shirt designs including my personal favorite the We Have Messi You Don't t-shirt and of course the beautiful Barca Talk coffee mug. So if you want any of the Barca Talk merchandise, go to BarcaTalk.net. Did I say Barca Talk enough?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Barca B, despite being full of talent and having a pretty high market value among their players, they seem to struggle for some reason against other reserve sides. Here to analyze the situation is Max Bleuer.
0: There was a better pill for Barca B to this week as a cruel loss away to Valencia Mestalla left the boys with very little chance of making the promotion playoffs at the end of the season. The 1-0 loss, during which Barca Bay dominated, but Valencia Mestalla keeper Emilio Bernad put in a man-of-the-match performance, leaves Garcia Pimienta and his team in 7th place. Yet another loss to a fellow B team begs the question, just why are the Barca so bad against the filiales, or reserve sides, of other Pimienta clubs? Let me hit you with some stats. Of their 10 games against fellow reserve sides, Barca have picked up just one win, four draws, and five losses. What's more, that win was a fraught 3-2 victory over Atletico Levante, who, after Barca, had the second-worst record against other B-teams in the division. Compare that record to Villarreal's B-team, who, with one game against the Villarreal still to play, have twice as many points as Barca B, and four times as many victories. In fact, of all the reserve sides in Group 3 of Segunda División B, the reserves of Espanyol, Girona, Levante, Villarreal, and Valencia, and of course Barça. It is the Catalan giants who have by far the worst record. In a mini league comprised of only the reserve teams, Barça Bay would be bottom, the only team with just one win, and only seven points after ten games. So what's going on here? Logically, one might think that Barça might have an easier time of it against other academy sides that don't have the physicality and experience of all the teams, allowing the technical quality honed and Massia to shine through. That clearly hasn't been the case, though. And perhaps the reason lies in the profile of Barca squad this year. The standout difference, both compared to the Barca Bay of recent years and the other reserve teams in the division, is age. Barca only have one player over the age of 20, 21-year-old Carlos Perez. This is apart from the 22-year-old Fran Arsenadas, who's been injured since October. Whereas Villarrealbe have several players in their mid-20s, including a 27-year-old centre-forward. Likewise, Valencia Mestalla have several players in their mid-20s too. This strategy of picking a reserve team with more experienced players is serving Villarreal very well. They are third in the division and strongly in the fight for a playoff place. Barca's squad, meanwhile, is predominantly made up of youngsters kids who were playing in the UEFA Youth League last season and for whom this is their first season playing against professionals. Indeed, Guillem, Miranda, Mingetha, and Montreux played in the Youth League semi final defeat to Chelsea during the week. This is quite the contrast to Barca B's strategy for the last few seasons, which, like Valencia and Villarreal, was to bring in more experienced players in the pursuit of short-term results, but at the expense of La Masia products getting game time. The strategy failed dramatically last season, when Barcelona were relegated from Segunda, despite having stuffed the squad with imports from abroad, and even loans from other La Liga clubs, such as David Costas, borrowed from Celta Vigo, and now a member of Celta's first team squad, having developed his game with playing time, at the expense of a La Masia centre back like Chumi. Thankfully, the club hierarchy has seen the error of its ways. And this season ditched the outside imports, and instead promoted a swathe of players from the youth teams in La Masia. This has meant that Barca Bay have the youngest average age in the division. Barca have clearly been lacking a little experience in professional football this season, something that the likes of Villelbe have brought in from outside their academies, and it is this lack of experience that may well have cost Barca Bay their shot at a return to Segunda this year. But let's not despair. Guys like Ricky Pooj, Juan Miranda and Oriol Busquets are all much stronger for their year in Segunda Bay, and whether they are back in the B squad next year, get promoted to the first team, or go out on loan, they have already developed both physically and tactically this year, and have shown that they have what it takes to make it in professional football. This wouldn't have happened if Barca Bay had pursued the same strategy as they did in previous years, or Villarreal and Valencia did this year, and made signings that would have to the progression of the La Masia products. So although Barca Bay may have thrown away almost all chance of reaching the playoffs, much of which was down to their terrible record against other reserve sides, the experience these La Masse products have gained in Segunda Bay this year, experience they wouldn't have gotten had the club continued its policy of strengthening through signings, will be invaluable for their own careers, and for Barca Bay next year, is the look to make it back to Segunda. I'm talking about Barca Bé playing in Segunda Bay next year, because their chances of making the playoffs are as good as over. After the 1-0 loss to Valencia Mestalla last weekend, a 1-0 draw this Sunday with Badalona leaves Barca Bay in 7th place, 5 points off the playoff places. Coach Garcia Pimienta has goalkeeper Iñaki Peña to thank for the point earned against Badalona after he kept out a spot kick, his third penalty save of the season, after Ronald Araujo scored Barca's goal from a corner. Barca's next game will be away to Yeda next Sunday.
1: Now at this point in the show, we normally do the Barca Talk Guard of Honor, where we say thanks to one of our patrons on Patreon. But today we want to focus on a special offer we're running right now, because it's the end of the year, Barcelona have just won La Liga, so we're going to give away a Barcelona jersey to one of our patrons at the end of May. Anyone who's a patron, on the last day of May, will be entered into a drawing for a Barcelona jersey, either the current season's or the next season's jersey, if you want to get ahead on that. So joining Patreon is easy. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can cancel any time. So if you're not currently a patron, you can become one on May 1st, cancel it after one month if you want, and you'll have a chance to win that jersey. But in that time, you'll be able to listen to the bonus episodes that come out on Thursday. And we hope you'll decide to stay on as a patron. You know, thousands of you enjoy this podcast every week. And we have some really great things in the works right now. So consider signing up. Again, go to Barzatalk.net. There's a link to Patreon there. All right. So let's talk about La Liga. It's, it's been a La Liga week. Both matches, but let's start with the uh, the midweek match, match day 34 against Alaves, where we won 2-0. You know, one nice thing about my current uh life work situation is that I can usually watch these uh midweek games live. Because as you know, on the east coast of the U.S., it's in the middle of the day just about or in early afternoon. But I'm lucky that I can watch these games live because apart from teaching my class three times a week... I make my own schedule, and on this day, obviously, I was heavy into working on the final stages of the dissertation, but on Tuesday, it was it was pretty far from finished, so on one hand, it was nice to be able to take a break from it and watch a game, but on the other hand, I wasn't terribly interested in watching it. I mean, I watched it, but my heart wasn't exactly in it because I was really distracted, and I have to say, honestly, I was worried that the players would be just as uninterested as me because, you know, it's Tuesday playing Olives. They, you know, they're just coming off the weekend match, but they actually did come out strong for at least the first 20 minutes or so.
2: Sure. I, I mean, I would have to echo your same sentiments. I was kind of uninterested in this match in that just the way they've been playing lately in La Liga, they've been kind of conserving their energy and just trying to get these victories. Right. So, I could see that. And also just the style of play that we've been playing lately. They just haven't inspired the all out attack of Barca goals that we're used to. So I definitely echo your sentiments, but I, I did watch the match while I was working in the background. So I, I was watching the match, but uh, you know, Valverde made some, some lineup changes again. So at least he's making some lineup changes gearing up for this Liverpool match here. So I think for me, the, the, you know, giving Messi messy rest was huge you know yeah. um he did this not only against Alaves but Levante you know not starting him and having him come in the second half which I think is key but my only gripe in this lineup is the Suarez thing because again why does Suarez have to play the full 90 minutes again again it's just he is a striker he is a aggressive striker he needs the break you know just give him a break but you know I was really excited to see Alenia because Uh, As we talked about, not only is he a Masia player, but just seeing him get more games this season and filling into this role and becoming more active is really exciting.
1: Oh, yeah. And he's I mean, he's really looking like uh, a proper first team player. Sure. You know, his first I think last year when he started to make some appearances for the first team, he looked exactly like what he was, which was a B player, a young B player who's been giving who's been given some minutes with the first team now he you know he really looks like he belongs there and i love seeing him in the lineup i'm i'm a little bummed out that vidal was in there um only because like before the match i should say Mm -hmm. when the lineup was first announced i thought like okay that's cool i understand what he's doing um i understand this lineup because we know how vaverde is but can you just imagine if it were busquets alenia and arthur I just think it would yeah. be so much more slick
2: yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and, like, fun to watch. I'd agree. I'd agree. But, you know, Valverde just loves Vidal, man. He loves what he brings. And, you know, I don't know if it's the bask in him from being from Athletic before, but he just loves that physicality that Vidal brings, even though Artur would be a better passer, right, better of the possession. Right. But for him, he just, like, he just prefers Vidal. The other thing, too, you know what's a nice – Luxury to have is Umtiti to step in as a sub. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good luxury. Yeah, I mean, he came in and he looked solid, as fine. I mean, again, he's he looks like as though he's 100% healthy. He looked perfectly fine in this match. Obviously, playing along with PK, they have that relationship from last year, so that's pretty easy for him. I guess, you know, as we have always kind of been saying the last couple of weeks, and maybe for me for all seasons, just the Malcolm thing, I wish he would have got some playing time over Suarez. I mean, we need Suarez 100% fully fit, fully energized for Liverpool because he is going to be the catalyst against Van Dijk, for example. And, you know, he's been playing not only this match, but in the Levante match. So those are two times that he's playing full matches. So I would have just liked to have seen some subs with that. But everything else, you know, especially with Alenia coming in, I thought that was nice because he's getting more playing time and next season he'll probably even get more playing time.
1: Yeah, and there seemed to be sort of a theme about it, which is about rest. I mean, I was mm-hmm. taking a rest. You were taking a rest. <laughs> and a lot of players wound up taking a rest with this lineup. I mean, cause the, the, I mean just the back line was, was a little interesting, right? Because uh, he gave Alba a rest as well and played Sergio Roberto at left back for the first half. And then he switched Sergio and Semedo for the second half, at least until Jordi Alba came on. Sure. So there was a lot of resting going on.
2: Yeah. I mean – this is what I would like to see throughout the season, Brian. I mean, this is what this is the type of substitution you should do starting in September. You know, just sprinkling starters, especially against teams that you are you know on paper that you can win, right? Because you still have power and starters all throughout the lines you know you're not completely subbing and you know my argument is if you did this all season then maybe you get better results now with that lineup because they know how to play with each other and also you're just conserving rest and minutes I mean for example Rakitic was able to get the full night off which was great and because he's a vital player you know a lot of Kules argue what he does and so forth but his defensive you know responsibilities are huge he plays so many minutes again you know just having this type of lineup maybe september october november right they know how to play with each other so then in this final push it's very easy and maybe they can win three nothing or four nothing because it's not the first time they're playing together
1: yeah well i mean the two nothing was um uh, was quite suitable but i sure. I, I, I take your point point. and speaking of which how badly do we need to have a proper backup
2: for Jordi alba like a real left back I mean, it's huge. Yeah, that that should be, I think, before the Delict signing, that should be our number one signing. Yeah, I was thinking
1: that the other day, too. It's like, yeah, Delict, it's very exciting. He's very young. He's a center back. But we're we're in a really good position as far as center backs go at this moment. Meanwhile, the left back position like Jordi Alba is uh, he is just a man. Yeah, he's only mortal. Correct. He needs someone. (laughs) We need someone to actually be backing him up and not one of the other fullbacks just sort of filling in and certainly not Vermont. Sure.
2: Sure. And that's the thing is that, you know, for example, Lucas Digne is having a great season for Everton this year. He's yeah. starting, he's doing well, and he would be really nice this season to have him playing there because again, not only is Alba playing so many minutes for Barcelona, but also he's being called for the Spanish national team as well here and there. So Alba's being pulled in many different directions. You know, you cannot ask him going forward, especially with his age and his minutes that he has, that he's going to have a complete season like this. You have to plan for rest and also injuries that would happen. You know, you know, having it, like, as I have here in the notes, I would love to sign a perfect, you know, Doppler of Lucas Dine. You know, a young player who you can kind of grow into the position, spot start here and there, and you don't lose that much defensive. And, you just able to spell Alba rest because, you know, the one thing that Alba does better than any other left back is the way he's able to bomb up that left line. Yeah. Right. And you just get tired, man. If you play 10 games in a row, you're just not as fast and as nimble like the squirrel that he is in the 10th game, as opposed to the first game, you know, so you got to give him some break. So that should be a priority signing this summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it really seems to be a, a crack, a crack in the armor. Because, sure. the, you know, putting Sergio Roberto back there, or putting tomato back there, you know, whatever or that one time you put for back there. That's, yeah, these are that's like putting duct tape over a over a crack, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the other thing, too, is that when you don't have a left back that, you know, a reserved left back that you can count on, you also do crazy formations. And I, I use crazy, but you can go to the three back. Right. But then all of a sudden, when you do that, that's not our style. So it doesn't suit us and it'll just put us into flux. So. More importantly, a left back that Valverde has confidence in as well. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. But so the theme of this game was uh, just just be good enough to win,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the possession. We had you know we outpossessed them seventy six percent basically. Um, you know, with twelve key passes. But I, you know, this game and the game last night. My my takeaway is you know there are making a concerted effort to conserve themselves, to not really push themselves, only to do enough to get the goals. I would like to see more shots on goal, especially when they're in the box, Brian. Like Suarez, um, even Alba, when he's in the box, he should. I think we overpassed still too much. And, you know, against Alaves, we had opportunities where I think we could have had shots. I mean, we did have 16 total shots, and on paper it sounds, you know, a lot of shots. But watching the match, it just didn't feel like any of them were really dangerous for this for the keeper to save
1: right well only six were on target and we yeah. actually converted two of those so when you when you look at the on target shots six is actually pretty low for us
2: yeah yeah and that's the thing is that you know you know with dembele playing i i would love to see him shoot a bit more i think he's you know waits too much to make the overpass and i get it you're trying to play the style but also it's you know when you're in the box you're pretty close to the goal so just get the goal you know so
1: (laughs) little known fact about soccer
2: yeah when you're in the
1: box you're very close to the
2: goal and if you're a world-class player you should be able to just shoot and of course like maybe if the keeper makes a save you get a rebound then you have someone to slop it up but again you know this is the thing it's it's conserving obviously you can just see all these previous matches brian just leading up to what is going to be the most important match against Liverpool.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm totally for conserving mm-hmm. both in terms of squad rotation and in terms sure. of how you approach the game, you know, maybe not putting it into fifth gear, just mm-hmm. trying to like conserve your energy a little bit, because this is exactly the thing that broke our hearts last year, right? It was, mm-hmm. he, he, we went so hard for La Liga and to try and like preserve this winning streak that we lost to Roma. When we yeah. had the lead, right? So yeah. we obviously don't want a repeat of that. So any little thing that can that can position the squad better to perform better against Liverpool, that is the order of the day. And, and especially now that we've clinched La Liga, now we can just really focus just about all of our resources on the Champions League.
2: Sure, sure. Again, you know, I, I would rather see this approach going into this match because I think it's better to have all that stored up kind of energy in your legs to get ready for one big match. Again, I just hope that, you know, in the beginning of the match, we're not sleepwalking because of this conservation of energy, you know? Uh, Like for example, what against Man U in those first 10 minutes because Liverpool can finish. And if we are lackadaisical at the beginning, that will definitely hurt us. So I hope that this conservation doesn't make us, you know, lose that edge that we have. Yeah, that would, that would be, that would be bad. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) You know, after, after all this year complaining, like we got to conserve, we got to rotate. And then we just get, you know, we don't show up, you know, because we haven't had that edge. So again, I, for me, I would rather have this approach because it's, I think it's easier to get into gear when you have been rested, you know? Yeah. I think so.
1: But I I also, I'm not worried about their, uh, their level of energy for the Liverpool tie. Yeah. You know, especially Mm -hmm. the first leg, at home, it's Liverpool, it's the semifinal, they're going to be bringing a lot of energy from the first whistle, I think. Sure. I'm not sure. really worried about that. But in this match, the second goal was on a penalty kick. Uh, Suarez scored it, so all well and good. It it helped seal the victory, but five minutes prior was the first goal by Carlos and Alenia, and that's the thing that we need to talk about.
2: Sure. Again, f- you know, for me, this goal is just kind of what Barcelona does great. Always, it's the pressure defense to get the ball right back. But then, when you get the ball back, what you do with it and how quickly we can just counter and score a goal—I just think is, you know, it's incredible to do that because it's so hard to do that in football. But again, we were pressuring Alves. Alves clears the ball. PK chest passes it to Busquets. Like PK is able to read the ball, the play, and he makes a chest pass to Busquets, Busquets turns and gives it to Sergio Roberto, your boy. Yeah. And then he just plays with Vidal and Vidal just gives him a give and go bounce pass back. And Sergio Roberto does the thing that he does great is cutting into the box. And he made a nice pass. And of course, Suarez read it, kind of felt the force of Elena behind him. And he just let that dummy run and Elena first touch with his left finish. I mean, it took about six seconds, essentially, you know, or maybe eight seconds. Yeah. And... That's the kind of thing that is lovely to see is that killer instinct, right? I mean, I get it that sometimes, you know, during the match, we're just trying to possess the ball, but when we have to, you know, like against Real Sociedad when we were pressing high like that and we can just turn it over and just go into attack mode. It's it's amazing to see, it's awesome to see.
1: Yeah, that that goal filled me with so much joy. <laughs> I have to, mainly because I think uh because Sergio Roberto was involved because Aleñia was involved I really appreciated Vidal's uh role in that you know rather than receiving the ball and trying to do something with it he he recognized Sergi's run so he just gave him the wall pass back right one touch and Sergi's run diagonal, you know running in and then I mean, I've watched this this goal on replay many times when Alenia starts his run, you could just start to see everything click into place. And Suarez does the dummy, which often doesn't work, but this time it did. And Alenia runs onto it and he's he's in on goal. I mean, it's the kind of thing that we used to see a lot of years ago with a different squad and a different manager, and it was and it was at that time that I first really started to get into Barcelona which was a good time right it was probably Mm -hmm. the best one of the best teams in history never mind Barcelona history of footballing history so that was a really good time so but this goal reminded me so much of that other time and uh I my reaction was 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 um very protracted I just I just could not get over it Megan was sitting right next to me on the couch and I didn't just cheer I, I I just sort of I, I don't know. It was like uh, it was like a some great gift had been given to me, and I was just like nonstop, like "Did you see that? Wow, <laughs> unbelievable!" Yeah. So it just it really reminded me of uh, of another time and another squad in a really beautiful way. So there was like a bit of nostalgia in it for me as well, and it was beautifully worked.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the other thing too, I think is you know as we see our biggest rival right now, Real Madrid, struggling to find out their squad and performance and stuff. It's great to see that not only that we have players in Barcelona right now that are going to play for the next couple of years, but are so consistent, right, just because of our La Liga titles, but also to see the newcomers adopt and just seamlessly play with us, like Alenia, for example, on that moment, right? So I think that's also just a great thing to see that we're continuing to produce quality players, right? It doesn't have to be the six like we did in that one time, but, you know, having Alenia play these matches, but also look the part and score goals is something that's awesome because that's all you really want to, you want to also bring these Academy players and also succeed, right? You invest all this resource at the beginning to hopefully they can make it to the first team. So it's just great to see that. And especially in that moment, like he was able to read the play and that is just something that is, you know, untaught, right? Like that's just instinct. And like you said, it was just the dummy worked and he was so composed left, Stopped the ball with his left foot. Looked up, shot and goal. I mean, tic tac toe. Yeah, mean, it's just such like a hard thing to do, yeah? exactly, exactly. So, you know, like I said, I, he he's always been touted as a great as a good player coming through the ranks. I'm really excited to see him get more playing time. But also, you know, a couple times he didn't look that good this season. Just you know, in the the run of play, essentially. But it's good to see that he's getting more time, and we can just project now, physically, physically, how he's going to look and also how he plays. It's, you, you know, you got to get excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am excited. All right, well, there's another La Liga match, La Liga Part two, that we should talk about. But real quick, I just want to say, uh, support the show through our Amazon Marketplace. This is just another way that you can can help support the show if you don't want to do the Patreon thing. We have this uh, Amazon storefront with um, products that we have curated and selected for you and your pleasure so this and we every week we we choose a a new product to add to the marketplace. This week I selected a sort of a travel item. It's this uh power bank. It's very uh small, portable and you can charge your electronic devices, you know, mainly your phone with it. And this thing, this is the exact one that I took on my trip recently and it got me through the days in Spain. There were times where I just had this kicking it in my jacket pocket while I was charging my phone because, you know, when you're traveling you're using your phone a lot i was using it a lot for maps and even though my wife did not want to pay for any international data i think by day two i just decided like no i'm paying for it because i need to find places i i cannot i i don't know how to read a map anymore (laughs) like i need an app on my phone to do it yeah so i was using my phone so much and this thing came in super handy very like an essential uh, travel item or even just a regular life item if you are just in a place where you need to charge your phone but you don't have i don't know the normal things available to you so it's a really really cool thing it's a really small power bank it's a great little piece
2: what do you what did you pick this week gabriel this week i picked a fc barcelona soccer backpack and uh, this backpack is you know pretty nice backpack not only does it have the fc barcelona logo on there but also it has a pocket so you can put your soccer ball or basketball or any type of ball in there, which is, I think is really cool. Uh, sometimes, you know, I remember when I was playing, I used to have this big obnoxious soccer bag, you yeah. know, cause you had to put the ball, you had to put all your gear in there and it was fine, but you know, to walk around, it's very, you know, uncomfortable and so forth. And this is makes it a lot easier. It has room for your, for your shoes, uh, you know, a place with a ball. So it's, it's just more convenient to carry your stuff around so that's my item for the week is this FC Barcelona soccer backpack.
1: Yeah. And at least you didn't play hockey. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's a whole lot. Of, that's way more Correct. gear. Oh, my gosh.
2: That's a lot of gear.
1: Yeah. All right. So La Liga part two. This was match day 35, and this was the day. Uh, earlier in the morning, I was watching the Atletico match, and uh, I was just thinking how, like, man, if they lose, then we've won the league. <laughs> Which is kind of an anticlimactic way for it to sure. happen. You'd at least like for it to happen, you know, as a result of your own game. Um, but luckily, Atletico did not disappoint. They won their morning game. And so then it was on us. It was on Barcelona to win the league on that day. And they did in a 1-0 win with a 60-second goal from Messi to make it one nothing. And what what can you say about Honestly, I have to say... Giving Messi the first half off, bringing him in the second half. This is a, we've talked about this. This is exactly what you want to do with the Champions League looming. You want to keep him pretty fresh, but you also want to keep him match fit. But also the Coutinho Dembele Suarez lineup. Valverde did this against Alaves as well, and I actually I like it. It's um it's kind of a weird thing right? to to not have Messi playing is insane. Right. But at the same time, because we've talked about how particularly with Coutinho, when Messi is on the pitch as well, he he doesn't he doesn't Coutinho doesn't do as well. You take Messi off and you give Coutinho a more defined role. You give Dembele a more defined role. And then suddenly Coutinho plays better because he actually had some some really good
2: opportunities in that first half. He did. He did. I mean, with this lineup, like you said, Dembele, Coutinho, Suarez. Actually, on the heat map for this match and the previous match, we were more heavy on the right side of attack. Yeah,
1: and that's a first.
2: That is a first, and it's all about Dembele. I mean, that's really what it comes down to because with Messi missing, Dembele is the catalyst to the attack because not only is he super fast, but also the way he's able to break in as well, he can feed the ball to Suarez, and he looks to feed Suarez as well. So, again, like in this match, he was able to link up with Semedo and the midfield as well, go on that right side, and that also relays to more space and opportunity for Coutinho. Now, we saw him with the shot that he was able to do. Again, like I was telling my friend when I was watching the match, it's like you just he had more time to make a better shot. But he felt like he was rushed, and then he just kicked it right to the, to the keeper. But at least he was able to get a shot off, right? So moral victories, I yeah. guess, on this one. <laughs> well,
1: the headed shot, that was the one oh, that really God. bugged me out.
2: That totally bummed me out because he's coming into
1: the box. He's completely unmarked. He gets a perfect ball in, and he just heads it right to the goalkeeper. And I just think he, again, for what we paid for him, he should do better in that moment.
2: That's the thing. Like I was telling my friend too. I was like, if I were heading the ball and I headed to the center, he'd be like, okay, I'm not a professional, so right, (laughs) you're forgiven. You know, yeah. But, But come on, left or right, you know what I'm saying, and. It it wasn't as though he had someone hanging on him. He was an open, free header that he, he. If he makes that goal, like for example, I bet you the majority of people kind of just whitewash the season because that goal basically clinches the league, right? You know, and he can kind of just maybe that gives him more confidence. But man, it's just those two shots were the microcosm of the season for me. Just he had the patented shot and he kind of fluffed it, and then he had a header. And he wasn't able to convert. And, you know, in these match, I know this match wasn't the most crucial, but again, it just, if we score that goal, it just puts us easier. We can just play around even more. Maybe we win 4 nothing, And I would have much rather that because, Brian, I can honestly tell you this game was a bit boring for me, even though I was waiting for this moment of the coronation. You know, it was just the passing was killing me, man. Oh, yeah. no, was-
1: As a game, you know, if you take the context out of it, if you take, you know, the stakes of it out of the, out of the equation, you don't, it, it's just a game it was not especially uh, exciting to watch it's only because of the context that it became a little bit exciting but you know again about that Coutinho headed attempt i really feel like that's it's it just it looked like a premier league kind of play and i just wonder if sometimes he still has that that premier league mentality which is just get the shot off because he had so much space around him he could have actually let the ball fall to his feet and maybe even have a better a better attempt but you know he wanted to And I I get this. I understand it. I'm not trying to criticize it too much, but he could have let it go to his feet and really put a good finish in and scored on it. But, of course, he wanted to essentially get the shot off as quickly as possible, and the easiest way to do that is to head it, and then we saw the result there. So that seemed to me to be like um, just almost a little bit of uh, like a lack of finesse. Yeah. I mean he's a very finesse player in many ways except he doesn't seem to be very comfortable on his left which starts to bug me a little bit but as far as this play goes you know he was just like "Eh, get it get it put it put it on the goal
2: yeah yeah again without Messi he definitely played a lot better but he still for me has to play even better because he's a world-class player like you said for what we paid he shouldn't be making these mistakes you know or not even mistakes but just he should be able to score more and again especially with not with messi not there in the first half he had a lot of space especially like on that first shot he could even dribble a little bit more even yeah uh, if he wanted to you know and again you just got to know your opponent the space and i don't know it's it's very frustrating because yeah. we i want to see him do well because if he does well and scores then we win right you know? exactly so, <laughs> So it's super frustrating.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope that he just uh, continues to not listen to the criticism. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. Stick his fingers in his ears and yeah. um, work on his game. Because, again, like it's, it's not just like what we paid for him. It's the fact that he, I think he was worth it. And he, correct, he just correct. hasn't really been playing at his potential because we know he's better than what he's been doing. That's the whole thing. We're not mad at you, Coutinho.
2: <laughs> We're just disappointed. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, can, can you think of a Barca player in the last, you know, ever since you've been following them, where he had a great kind of start and it's just fizzled with more playing time, you know?
1: I can't think of anyone who's Nor can I. suffered this particular trajectory in the last yeah, because nine
2: years. I mean, we talk about last season, just the half season, he had about 11 goals or so, you know? And I was projecting, double, you know, 20. And that was really going to help our team with the balance, less messy dependency, you know, that type of thing. But he's just been a no-show for these. And especially, like, against Levante, you should be able to mop those opportunities up. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But speaking of Messi... Mm. <laughs> he's the best, man. He is the best. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I just wanted to... So I had this friend back home and he's, he's a really good friend and, and he would always mix up on sayings. Okay. So he would always, one time he texted us and he just said, what can say <laughs> instead of saying, what can you say? Right? right. So let me start this off with the, what can say about Messi, man? I mean, this guy is just ridiculous and it, and it's really, really, really hard to put into context now because we just come to see it every match and, you know, especially like with this goal that he did last night, but man, let's just talk about his record with the team. You know, he's basically come in and revolutionized not only football, Spanish football, but Barcelona, right? Like he now has 10 La Liga titles since he's been on the team. It's the eight of last 11, which is incredible. I mean, there's no other, maybe Bayern is closest, you know, but they don't really have a rival like Real Madrid. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, it's not as highly touted as here in La Liga and Man, it's just – it's always a pleasure to watch him. But also, I mean, can we just, like, talk about that goal last night? Because it wasn't the most spectacular goal. But I just think this symbolizes Messi as how great he is as a player, Brian. Because in this moment, if you watch the replay, Vidal did a great job of getting the ball back, which was – you know, he comes in and gets the ball, and he delivers it right to Messi. But right before Messi gets onside, okay, he, like, scoots over to get onside, receives the ball – any other player shoots right there. Yeah. And it's probably going to get blocked by the two guys. But what does Messi do? He sees everything in slow motion. He takes it back and just hits it one time very quickly. And we get the goal. I mean, it's just a thing of beauty. It's, it looks simple, Brian, but my gosh, it is in that moment with all the stuff that's going around you to be able to slow it down and just hit that shot. And then he just wins the league. I mean, it, I know. could it, you know, any doubt, you know? I
1: know. And I, I saw a replay in slow motion from a really good angle. As the camera was pretty much pointed straight at him, but but at an angle, and you could see how the how he waits mm-hmm. before he shoots because he the defenders are actually going the other way and going past him, and he waits that just that fraction of a second to get the clear the clear shot. And his 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 pa- I mean, it's weird to call it patience because it all happens so fast, but it really mm-hmm. was a show of patience that he set himself up so perfectly for that shot and then the the finish well that's that's just classic messy
2: yeah the other thing too is you know how many other players when they bring it back are going to overhit it and they lose control right right that's the thing or when he got the ball from udall those are like the things where as like when i used to play the, those are the the moments where you either going to have a scoring opportunity or not because a bad player is not going to be able to control that you know, and the way the ball is always so close to him to be able to control that amongst the traffic that's going around, it's just incredible. And again, I mean, you know, I've been listening, Brian, to a bunch of podcasts this week because obviously the, the match with Liverpool is, is just looming, and everyone's excited about it worldwide, right? Because yeah. it's just a huge, especially with the the style of play, right, for both teams. And a lot of pundits are outside of Spain, for the most part, are giving Liverpool a, a bit of a slight edge just because as we talk about premier league gets more pub. Right. But again, Brian, what do I have here as an, in our t-shirt? We have messy. You don't. So yeah. I like, you know, we
1: have Sala you don't, it just doesn't ring the same. <laughs> it's not because we have Messi and you yeah. don't. And I have to exactly. actually I have to say, I think there was a really interesting benefit to starting without Messi, leaving him out in the first half and then putting him in the second half because in that first half, honestly, I, I thought they looked good. I liked all of the width that we got with Coutinho and Dembele especially. Because the thing I've noticed about Coutinho, we've talked about this and complained about it, about how Coutinho does not go out wide. He doesn't go all the way down to the end line. He He wants to be a little bit more inside. And this worked out for him in this match because Messi wasn't there. And Dembele gives the width out to the right. So I really liked all of that. I again, Coutinho had a good game. He had these these good opportunities, didn't convert on them. And yes, that's disappointing. Uh, you know, we've talked about that, of course. But then when Messi comes on in the second half, everything kicks into a whole new gear. You just you really, if you watch this game, you can really see the difference that he makes by just coming on and playing his game. He suddenly takes the team to a new level. Like they were at a perfectly fine level, and I think that yeah. even if Messi had not played all ninety minutes, I think we would have broken through. We would have scored eventually with someone. But man, when he came on in the second half, just he's he's a he's a firecracker, you know? Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. he just adds something. He's just like new octane. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. He's like ninety-two I mean, octane. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that you know. Especially with him in the middle, he just drives the attack more direct, you know, and that's, that's basically the difference. You know, I was thinking about this because, you know, our style of what, why was the first half kind of boring, right? And I was thinking about this, you know, we still do the give and go, the tiki-taka, but for me, it's just not as fast as it used to be, you know? when we had Javi Nesta, And when you have that fast, I just think it, you lose the engagement of the players because the players are now kind of going through the motion to pass and do it. But they just don't all move in unison like we used to. So when you're moving the ball around left to right, but you're moving forward too, there's a purpose to that, you know? And I think that's what, you know, for example, having Vidal, you know, he did a couple times, you know, make some good passes in there, but he's not a player that can do that all the time. You know, if you stop pulling at him with Sergio Roberto, Sergio Roberto is going to be able to do that. Maybe Elena, you know, because of the quality from La Masia that they've learned this. So I think that is the thing, you know, going forward, you know, for next season. uh, If we don't have the ability to completely always do tiki-taka, I want to see a little bit more direct approach at times. Especially, like, in this match, I thought we didn't shoot enough. Even though we did shoot 23 shots, I just felt that we overpassed and we were continually to overpass, especially in the first half. Like, when Suarez had an opportunity, he... Tucked it and passed it. Dembele had an opportunity to score, to shoot, and he didn't. Alba looks to pass too much for me sometimes. I'm just saying, especially when you don't have Messi, you know, just go for some shots. Right. A little bit more shots on goal, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Just to- make it a little exciting, you know. Just that's the thing. It's like, I would rather have, you know, especially in this match against Levante, that I know that, you know, Levante shouldn't beat us at home. Take those shots, even though we'd lose possession, but at least make an effort because for me that's what I want to see. I don't want to just see possession eighty percent with one shot. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's oh
1: yeah. <laughs> that I know, like I, a, know
2: that like I know it's sounds like a I know I know I know it's a tough line, right? Because you're kind of mixing our DNA style, but I just I just I feel as though like I said earlier, if you're inside the box, just take that shot, especially if you have the angle to do so. You know? Right. And I just especially Dembele. Dembele lately has not shot the ball at all
1: yeah that's true well you know it it sort of depends on on your manager right because pep talks about how it's it's not about possession for the sake of possession right there is that aspect which is Mm -hmm. that if you have the ball your opponent doesn't and they can't score it's sort of you know defense through possession but that's more of a byproduct like with pep it's possession so that you can take shots it's possession so that you can play uh, whereas with Valverde, it, he does seem to be well. Again, he seems to be more conservative, as we've as we've mentioned many, many times. But yeah, the possession game—if he's adopting it, which you know apparently he is—it does seem to at times be for its own sake, versus sure. to create chances, to create opportunities, to to score. Yeah. But on the other hand, hey, you know. He's got two titles now, which is more than he ever I won know, know, managing I Athletic know. Bilbao for what twelve years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, that, that's the other thing too. That you know, remember how you were talking a couple episodes? You said that you were not worried about La Liga because you thought Valverde is, you know, he handles that, right? You know? and I couldn't agree more. Right, like he La Liga, he can, he knows it inside out. I'm comfortable with that. It's just managing these other tournaments that we have. Again, like you said, you cannot argue with the two La Liga titles. I just think always there's a little bit easier way to do that to stress less, <laughs> to, to yeah. make it fun too, right? You don't have to make it so one nothing victory. But again, it's another shutout, Brian. So again, I can't. You know, we're we're picking nits here, right?
1: Right. <laughs> and what was that? I think that was Ter Stegen's 14th clean sheet? Yeah, this season, yeah. just
2: in La Liga. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, he had to make a couple of saves here and there, and he makes enough saves to keep the clean sheet. And that's always what you ask, because he's not going to get 23 shots like the best keeper in the world is, you know. Right. But he'll get, you know, six or seven, and he just has to make those saves at those times. And when he does, he's called upon and he's able to do it. So Ter Stegen, yet again, just a stud.
1: Yeah, and Barcelona's 26th La Liga title in history, having won eight out of the last 11 yeah, I mean, this, crazy. this really, we're still in a golden age, I think.
2: I mean, we're still, it's funny because I was thinking about this. It's like Barcelona lately, especially since this run with Pep that started and everything. I feel as though they're the team that I stress the less about, the least about. Like my other teams, that they have peaks and valleys of how successful they are, you know, in the season. But I just feel, you know, obviously in the last 10 seasons or so, we've been one or two. And it's been very stressless because I just know we're going to be at the top of that. Obviously, it's really nice when we win La Liga. Even nice when we win the Tripleta.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, when you're in it, you know, like you say something like, uh, "Oh, we're playing Huesca. We're going to win," and then we win, right? It's when you look at it on a on the stat sheet, you know, you look at it on the in the paper the next morning, it all makes sense, right? But when you're actually watching it, when you're actually in the thick of it. It It's not so easy. So there is that fact that, like, yeah, we're, we can feel pretty secure that we will either win La Liga or be in maybe second place, just sort of abstractly. But of course, you know, yeah. going through the slog, you know, the marathon <laughs> that is La Liga. Yeah. You know, it's not so easy when you're actually paying attention to it moment to moment, game to game. But yeah, yeah, I take your point.
2: And I saw an interesting stat in the paper today. I think it was more than 300 La Liga games in this run. Wow, something like this. And we've won eight out of 11. Whereas, like, if you're in a Champions League run, you're going to get max 30. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, just like again, just as a comparison of what it is to be consistent, and especially with this, you know, this league is so competitive with the amount of talent that there is. You know, Obviously, I would say, yes, the Premier League is from top to bottom. You have more upsets. But I think top-heavy teams are much better in La Liga than in the Premier League. So, again, uh, it's just – again, you can't argue with Valverde throughout the season. He has pushed the right buttons. We got a second La Liga title in a row under him. Brian, I don't know if I'm excited or nervous for Wednesday because – it's basically like, did he redeem himself from last season? Right. I mean, that's really, I mean, unfortunately, that's really what it's coming down to.
1: Well, we really won't actually know until the second leg.
2: Yeah, that's true. Right? But I mean, you, you will know like the start of it. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's the thing.
1: I mean, I'm both, so, you know, I'm both yeah. nervous and excited.
2: Wait, before we kind of go talk about what do you think of the trophy presentation?
1: Um, Did not watch. Oh, <laughs>
2: so let me, uh, let me. Uh,
1: so, Am, okay, I bad? So, Am I a bad
2: fan? No, 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 not at all, not at all. So I just thought it was very curious because this is the first time this has happened in La Liga because usually they give it after the start of the season. Right. So they, this is the first time they're doing it in season. But what happened was the team was ready for the picture, so they were in the middle of the field, and they put the trophy maybe 20 yards to the right. <laughs> and so the president gives the trophy to Messi like right there as opposed to walking the trophy, give it to Messi in front of the team, and Messi hoists it, you know? And so Messi just lifted him by himself and then he brought the cup to the team. And it was just kind of very underwhelming. You know, there was no, like when you watch other leagues, you know, when they they bring the trophy, everyone, you know, they raise it up and the sparklers go out behind them and all that kind of stuff. And none of that was existent. Yeah. And then they had some weird, weird Catalan concert afterwards with this duet. And it was like a love song. And I was just like, Man, it's a party like get a DJ up in there, like make it all happy and then they ended it with fireworks and we were just all cuz I was with some friends watching we we're just like, man, that was the most underwhelming celebration I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, a little uh, some poor planning.
2: Yeah. Poor production. And the, and the MC was awful. <laughs> awful. He screwed up saying Forza Barça. How do you screw that up? Yeah. Forca. He said Forza Barta. Barta like what for kabarka everyone yeah it was oh my god we were laughing because it's like all you had to do is like the, the president bring the trophy blast those sprinkle the, the the streamers behind them and then have a dj and get it all fired up and then do the the fireworks done and done yeah you i know, mean you know this is,
1: this is this is known this is a known
2: yeah exactly
1: exactly you know what exactly. are you trying to you trying to like upset the paradigm you're trying to no, do some genre busting
2: like new thing good yeah check out the luck. duet man it, it does not the duet does does not correspond with the moment no you know you have all the players and the kids behind them just looking confused yeah you know <laughs> they were p- bewildered they're just like what's going on behind here oh. and they were like singing like it was the song almost kind of reminded me of beauty and the beast you know it was <laughs> like a love song between the two of them it was just like what what's going on here do
1: you think there might be some some low-level trolling going on with that like from the uh, no i don't know
2: i don't know but yeah yeah very weird but anyway that that was i just thought that was interesting but really quick you know let's let's hear your emotions before wednesday's game
1: yeah yeah like you said both excited and nervous uh and you know going into the the champions league at any level but particularly the semi-final you just know that anything can happen. You know that Liverpool sure. is a great team. Looking at the other side of it, I would if we can get past Liverpool, I would actually feel maybe a little more at ease about the final because you have to just accept the fact that anything could happen in a final. Sure. But as long as we can get past Liverpool, though, I'll just, you know, you just got to, like, at that point, accept it. Accept whatever happens. But at this point in the semifinal against such a such a great side in liverpool i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing how we play i think we're going to see energy that we haven't seen maybe at all this season yeah i can see that you know like so i'm really hoping to i'm really hoping that they you know drink some rocket fuel before that match <laughs> and i think that they will i think messi is really going to fire them up uh and I, I so i'm looking forward to that uh, and, of course, you know, you're nervous because you know you're going up against a great team. You don't know what they're going to bring. And, you know, they could uh, they could get off to a good start. They could get an away goal. It's like, oh, my God, what if they get an away yeah. goal? But we're playing in the Camp no. And when was the last time we didn't score in the Camp no? right? Yeah. So I think we'll at least I mean, get a goal. You know, when you start to sort of, like, parse it out, right, and you start to think about the reality of it and how it might actually shake down, I... Uh, I cannot, I cannot imagine Liverpool scoring, scoring much, you know, I I can imagine them scoring a goal, maybe two, but I don't, I don't think they're going to blow us out or anything. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say this. uh, Once you start thinking about what might happen, just everything proliferates, right? Yeah, yeah, Like all possibilities, start to enter your mind. And there's, you know, there's really only one that we want, which is, you know, a
2: nice three goal lead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I've played this in my head. And I've just come out with like 20 different outcomes, you know, just 20 different things that could happen. And again, it's, for me, it's, this is the height of what champions league football is, you know, it's the best of the best we're in it. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, I kind of think back, hopefully we can, you know, look back in our history, like, for example, when we had the semifinal against Bayern last time, when we won the triplete, when we went up 2-0 the first leg at the camp now, with one of the best goals I've ever seen by Messi in that chip goal, which was out of sight. Yeah. So maybe it's something like that that we can kind of call back on. But I would agree with you. I think that on Wednesday, we're going to see an energized team Uh Maybe they're drinking the Chernobyl from Hot Top Time Machine, maybe, you know, that energy drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I definitely think that, you know, they're not going to see the type of energy and pressure that they'll see on Wednesday night that they've seen all season on tape, for example. So I'm really hoping for that because... You know, Messi has been super hyper focused on this goal, and I think when he is focused like that, you just can't deny him. Right.
1: Of course, we we do need some some very nuts and bolts kinds of things. Like we need a lineup sure. that's gonna somehow create some space for him. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, I think that they're gonna try and bottle him up. They're gonna try and shut him down. Sure. And if you don't create sure. some width somewhere, you're not creating threats in other places. You're not creating space for Messi to work. Then it's all gonna, you know, no matter how hard he tries no matter how great
2: he is. I mean, the key is for me is his Dembele. I mean, when Dembele is in that lineup, he either he's on the left or the right, he's going to help us tremendously because, I mean, we saw last night when Messi came in, how many times did Dembele spread that line out on the counters? I mean, it was such, you know, and there's going to be those opportunities, you know? And so when Dembele's in there, we're uh, A formidable attacking team Obviously we're one of the best And so Dembele is the key So I really hope he has A better game Better passing And better decision making Because last night He had a couple decisions That you know He overpassed Or he slipped Or he didn't shoot You know this type of thing I just hope he's more firm But man you know We have Messi And so hopefully The X factor will pull out Right right Yeah
1: Well we Whatever happens We will talk about it Next week On Barca Talk (laughs) Thanks to Max Bluwer this week. This has been a production of Barca Talk, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, editing by Brian Henderson, music by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by 2. Go. Support the show through Patreon, the Amazon Marketplace, and the Barca Talk merchandise store, all to be found at BarsaTalk.net. And until next time, Visca Barca.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.